A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a Q&A session for you today, so let's get started. I've got three questions. The first one is somebody who uh, has a seven-year-old who is, when they are crying or melting down, they can't seem to find relief with breathing or calming techniques. She says, I find the only thing that works is to kind of shut down the meltdown, or it can turn into a half Ask Allison's podcast, An Hour of Crying. It doesn't happen often, but using gentle calming techniques like breathing, counting bubbles only make it worse because she feels she literally cannot take a deep breath. I feel like I kind of understand because I used to have the same struggles. We've had success and distraction, like how many blue bows can you count on this blanket covered in hundreds of bows? I feel so inundated with gentle parenting that my brain immediately goes to, you are shutting down her emotions and not teaching her how to manage them. But I guess distraction can be okay if we go back and talk about it once she can. I absolutely agree that distraction is a wonderful way to um, emotionally regulate. That is not shutting down emotions. That's a technique. It's absolutely fine. Um, The way that it works, just to give you some confidence, is if you uh, think about that our thoughts generate our emotions. And so you can do this with your daughter. Say, close your eyes. Now think about your birthday. Remember we had the cake and all the presents mounted up and how surprised you were that grandma came? And say, look, you're having happy thoughts and notice that your feelings became happy feelings because of the happy thoughts. And now if we make a choice and we switch and we think about a sad thought, like when we left your favorite blankie on the airplane and you had to learn to have another little love object. And when we think about that memory, then we are sad and now we have sad feelings. So what happens is that we teach ourselves, children and adults, that if we are wanting to change our mood, then we can consciously think about more positive thoughts. 
um, you know, you get stuck in traffic and you start being frustrated and then you say, well, you know, this is out of my control and I didn't ask for it, but sometimes life is like this. I'll manage. Being late isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not convenient, but I guess that's what life is throwing at me. So we talk ourselves off the ledge by by thinking these positive thoughts, and then that makes our frustration emotions go to more calming emotions. So you're teaching her uh, distraction is is really just a redirection of attention, and that's completely fine. And right now you're co-regulating by inviting her to be distracted, inviting her to count the bows, inviting her to do a small task. You know, often asking kids to do things procedural, like tuck in the chairs around the table or a simple instruction, like, can you take this ball and put it in in that basket? Small things like that can be enough to just change their thinking. But when kids get upset and they're having a meltdown, you know, the actual from thought to to feeling angered, um, you know, the whole event, the whole emotion gets metabolized within about 60 seconds or so. So you have to keep having angry thoughts to keep the meltdown sustained. So typically we have a meltdown. Um, yes, a child might initially be upset, but if they continue and continue and continue, it, it has a, a usefulness that we have to appreciate. And it could be that they've learned in the past that if they stay dysregulated long enough, you'll finally cave and give them whatever they, they were demanding. You know, if they didn't get their way and they had a meltdown, then maybe you'll let them get their way. So they, that's one reason to to not want to calm down, but to keep the the emotions going, or it could be retaliatory. You know, you've, you've told them that they can't have, you know, the cake pop at the Starbucks. And so they're like, well, if you're going to make my day tough, I'm going to make your day tough. And so retaliatory, they might be having a meltdown to embarrass you in public at the Starbucks. So there's a usefulness behind these things. And that's why you give them all these techniques, like take 10 deep breaths. They don't want to calm down. They want to embarrass you at Starbucks. So you are teaching her how to emotionally regulate with distraction. And then as to your point, go back and circle back and then find out what the upset was before. So if they're upset about not getting the cake pop, then you can say, it sounds like we need to have a better understanding of how often or or when we get cake pops so that it's not just a kid having to beg for one. And sometimes you say yes, and sometimes you say no, and it feels very erratic. You know, if you say we can have one cake pop a week, or why don't I give you an allowance so you can buy your own cake pop, something like that, go solve the problem. All right, terrific. Let's get on to the next one here. My 15-year-old son has a rare disease and has been in and out of sick kids his whole life. Last year, he had to have emergency surgery, and it took him six months to recover. His self-esteem was low, and he did not have a network of friends. He was a shy boy who was harassed in elementary school, so that it made it difficult for him to connect with kids at school. He started high school in the fall and just flourished. He made friends, and he seems so much more confident to go into social situations. Recently, he has told us that he has been vaping, has stolen a candy from the store, and doesn't care what he puts in his body because he doesn't care if he lives. He recently had to have an MRI, and before the procedure, he told me that he doesn't see himself living past the age of 21 and thinks often about dying. I'm grateful that he is talking to us, but my husband and I don't know how to help him. He has told us flat out that he doesn't want to go to therapy and talk to others because he doesn't know why he is feeling what he is feeling. He just wants to spend time with his friends, go to Wonderland and ride bikes. Are there some workshops or videos that you can suggest for my husband and I? I do not know of a video or a workshop on something this specific. There's certainly videos and workshops on teens and things, but this is a pretty specific scenario that you've got here. Um, one thing is that you could talk to the people at Sick Kids Hospital because they obviously know his medical condition best. And when uh, kids are dealing with long-term illnesses or um, are terminally ill, not that he is in this case, but um, they have 
professional counselors and family counselors. And so uh, it might be that during one of the doctor's appointment, even the doctor might be able to say some encouraging words and maybe encourage him to speak about his thoughts. You know, I can see that if he's got his own little sort of death wish that he's going to care a lot less about vaping and the and the harmful effects of vaping. Um, but chances are he's vaping uh, because his he's finally connected socially with friends and likely he got introduced to vaping through his friend group. And that was sort of like joining the club. We all vape together. I'm not condoning it by any stretch of the imagination, but he has struggled socially in the past. And um, I'm sure it would be extra hard for him to want to give up something that is making him feel like he is a part, that he belongs, that he's doing the sort of tribal rituals of his friends. Um, So I think that's going to be tough there anyways. So long as you've done your education to him about, you know, the harmful effects and the hook of addiction and things like that. And, you know, you can say, uh, I know you don't believe you're going to live past 21, but we have no reason to believe that. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if if this thing that made you ill as a child, which was out of your control, this rare disease, is not actually the thing that shortens your life, but your own chosen behaviors are the things that harm your health. Wouldn't like there's such an irony to that. And hopefully that with sharing that information and with you being a kind and compassionate parent and the doctor kind of nudging them to the help that you can actually get in counseling or maybe sharing some information to reassure that 21 is not a definitive number, not to think that way, maybe that'll be enough to move along his his behavior. Next question. My daughter, 15, has an Instagram account and she posts selfies now and then that are fairly harmless. I just noticed an additional link in her profile for Vizco, which appears to be a photo editing software. The photos she has posted on that site are definitely more edgy. I'm not going to lie. I've tried to keep the phone out of her room. I honestly don't know why it's so hard. So that's my first issue. And second, my more pressing issue is I need guidance on discussing the photos without body shaming and helping her understand the image she is expressing may not be the image she is trying to express. I know media is full of sexualized images of young girls and they don't realize how they are perpetrating it. They may think it's empowering. Added to this, she has an older adult relative in her 20s who she very much looks up to and is that person is always posting what seems to be very vain videos and images of herself. It's awful. And I don't want my daughter to fall into the trap of thinking that it is okay. Thanks so much. Um, so the... Um, uh, it's it's very hard at 15 to keep a phone out of the bedroom. And even if you let them have the phone in the bedroom in the day or, and not at night, they find their moments of privacy. They can take selfies. And there's all kinds of bathroom selfies. I don't know that that keeping the phone out of the bedroom is going to stop her from wanting to post pictures. Um, but I I still think it's, it's a good practice, you know, um, to set some limits and boundaries as best you can there. Uh, I think the bigger issue here is, you know, regardless of time of day, which room of the house, what we really want is to teach a 15 year old how to have good, um, make good choices around themselves and social media independently. And so I think it is timely to have a conversation about what she's posting, but you don't have to make it like a comment directly to her about her behavior, which she might feel defensive and feel that you're attacking her. But I think more about the way that you expressed it to me, which I thought was so beautiful. And I don't think it's a body shaming thing at all to have a conversation that's more in the feminist vein and that it talks more to the phenomena of it, including the older person she looks up to, but even, even the stars, uh, you know, TV personalities, um, you know, look at the profiles of who we're following 
and and the content and you know why we find that these images are sexualizing and are they empowering or are they belittling why do why is it that we live in a culture that would make that be popular um how thing how ideals get perpetuated uh i think all of those things are incredibly important conversations and you don't need to have it about about what she's posting specifically, you you talk about it as like a care and concern for women and humanity and children and empowerment and social equality and values. And so, um, you know, I would take the conversation there. At the age of fifteen, they like to they like to to think about things. They they are they like to be in good conversations, debates. Um, they want to be in discussions, but you just got to keep it so that it doesn't feel like an attack. And then it's more like, I, I say, it's it's more like having them educate you about what they're seeing on the ground as like a reporter for youth culture and helping explain to you why the phenomena happens and then sort of checking back and saying, so what do you think about that? So that's how I would kind of go about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about, about the body shaming. And I, if it helps at all, the other thing to know is that sometimes at 15, this becomes like, they're so into mimicking uh, and replicating the social, uh, whatever I use the last example, tribal rituals. This is what, what this is what fifteen-year-olds do, Mom. I'm just doing what everybody else is doing. Um, I want to fit in. I want to belong. I want to mimic the expected behaviors. Um, but as they get older, either we can say, you know, yeah, but there's also a whole group of people that are working against that that are in your age group that are actually sort of advocating. Um, for changing social media so that social media is, you know, teens helping to shape social media for the good. And, uh, and she could step outside her box if she wanted to um, be a, a helper to her fellow cohort. Uh, but I also find that, you know, by 15, 16, 7, by the time you get to 19, and I don't know why this 20 year old is still in it, but a lot of these kids grow out of that. And, um, and they kind of look back on it and think it was a little bit of a silly time in their life. So, and of course, there's also a conversation about, and absolutely do not make the mistake of posting anything that you think is private and confidential that is nude pictures, nude body parts that could be used in, um, to, to accidentally hook them into blackmail or sexploitation. Um, so I think that sexploitation has to be part of that conversation as well. Um, so I hope that's enough to get you going. It's never going to be one, a one conversation with these things. We got to be talking all the time with our kids about what's going on. Um, but there you go. That'll give you a start. Good luck. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 